Paul is now talking about is basically <coughs> the concept of the neshama and the guf, its relationship between the neshama and the guf. And um, what, he, what he's really going to say, basically, is, well, the, the first idea, is, which is very important, is that the Neshama is a spiritual being. You all know that. And as such, it has different physics, different laws, you know. <clears throat> and in many ways, Ruchnius is antithetical to Gashmius. It's an opposite. Not only is it different, in many ways it's opposite. Um, because Ruchnius, in many ways, shuns Gashmius. A spiritual entity uh, shuns means it really pushes it away. It pushes away a spirit, a uh, physical entity, <clears throat> because in many ways it's so different. But besides that, ruchnis is closer. A spiritual entity is much closer to God than a physical, for obvious reasons. So therefore. <clears throat> Sort of like the less a physical entity has to do with a spiritual, with a, the less a spiritual entity has to do with a physical entity, the greater is it. Because it, a physical entity to a spiritual entity is a barrier. It is a barrier from absorbing the Shekhinah or the divine Hashbor. Uh, That's what a physical object represents. In fact, the universe is created physical because the universe is a very appropriate place to create an environment where a person can be tested. What does a physical universe do for us, basically? What it does, it does several things. The first thing, it clearly, it creates a barrier of the manifestation of a spiritual. We don't see a spiritual universe at all. It is a physical universe that conceals, it's the veil over the, over the spiritual universe. And as a result of that, we can therefore be tested. Obviously, if the spiritual universe in some way was able to reveal itself in the physical, then uh, what's the test? We know immediately what the truth is. So the physical universe serves as a very important barrier that conceals the entire concept of a spiritual universe. Therefore, a physical universe in many ways is very important. The second thing a physical universe does is it creates an illusion. What's the illusion it creates? The concept of an other. You know, in the universe of God, there is no other, really. And in a, ruchnik, in a, in a spiritual universe, one is not under the delusion that there is something else. Even though, you have many beings, obviously. You have malachim. You have many kinds of beings. But what's amazing is even though there's such a multiplicity of beings, there is no illusion of other in that universe. Whereas in a physical universe, it's an illusion. We see other people. I see you, you see me. So as far as we're concerned, there are many things. It's what's called, there's a multiplicity of beings. So a physical universe allows the illusion of the multiplicity of beings, which is the opposite, obviously, of what the Ramadan wants us to know, in a Mavada. So that's another thing that fools us, the illusion of many things, a multiplicity of beings. And like I said, therefore, the concept of Enel Mavada is concealed. So that's the second problem with the physical universe, you know. And I'm not even talking about the entrance of the sultan into the physical universe. I'm just talking about the physical, it's called Ulema Gashmi. The physical universe in and of itself is, uh, is, a, uh, is an inferior place to hang out, so as they say. So, so Saturn deepens multiplicity? Yes, much worse. That's the problem. The Saturn makes it much worse. So, there's the, like I said, so the first thing is that the spiritual, the physical universe is a barrier to a, a spiritual entity. But the second thing is that, like I said, it, it, it creates the illusion of other, Zulosoi. 
And that's the exact opposite of the hasoko that we need to have, which is the tachas of the bria, is the major major idea, obviously, of creation, is to realize that there is nothing else besides the Rabbanu Shalom, you see. But not only that, not only is the illusion that there's a multiplicity of beings, there's worse. There's an illusion of the multiplicity of forces. It's not the same? No. There are three things that we will come to realize in the future. The first thing is called Yichud Hanagosoi. What is Yichud Hanagosoi? That all things move only because of God. In other words, we think that we direct our actions and our beings, you know, where we want to go. Not at all. The Rebbeinu is the one who directs everything, literally everything. And we have the illusion, therefore, that in some way uh, we are in control of our, you want to call it destiny, our fate. That's the illusion. But so the, 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 the our concept is Yichud Hanogosoi is that the Rebbeinu is in charge of everything, and like it or not, we are going to go in the exact direction that the Bonisham wants us to go for our toiv, for our goodness. You see that in many places. I don't know if I ever said it, but maybe I did, I don't remember. So what's the Yerush that we have? Wait, 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 wait. You know when you see that, interesting enough, it says, I don't know if I ever said this, maybe, it says that when Yaakov met Yosef, finally, after 22 years, right? And they obviously hugged each other. It was a, you can imagine what kind of moment that was, right? You know, it says that Yaakov, Yosef was crying, it's a famous medrash, and Yaakov was saying Krishna. It's a rather interesting idea. <clears throat> now why was, so Yosef was crying, we can understand. Uh, because he had just seen his father, that he hadn't seen for 22 years, you know. And of course, Yosef's, the love that Yosef bore his father, and the same thing his father for Yosef was, of course, trem- tremendous. So the fact that Yosef was crying, I can understand that. But why would Yaakov be saying Kriya Shema? That's a rather strange idea. You know, to begin, he's davening and he's saying Kriya Shema. Why would he do that? So the idea for that, so the Mephoshim learn, you know, uh, which is really a tremendous concept, is that Yaakov was so great that even in the moment of his greatest emotional Aliyah, uplift, which it certainly was. He wanted to channel it towards serving God. You see. So could you imagine in the, in the height of this enormous emotional feeling about seeing Yusuf at Tzaddik, right? All of a sudden, he would be saying Shema Yisrael. He would be saying Shema Yisrael Hashem Hashem with such an unbelievable feeling of thankfulness, appreciation, simcha, you know, and he will invest Shema Yisrael, right, with this incredible input of unbelievable emotions. Nice. Yes? That's what Mephoshim say. Certainly the Bali Musa say that, you know. That's a very important idea that tzaddikim, what they do, is even the moments that they're sort of like they're entitled to, you know, having tremendous simcha, they will direct the simcha itself, not for their own purposes, but for the purpose of the Rebbe So he just in, inputted in what? In Shema Yisrael. So you can imagine what kind of Shema Yisrael that was. Would That's you, what the Bali Musa say. Would you say that's spiritual or emotional? It's emotional. Emotional. Yeah, yeah. It's an incredible simcha. I just seen a guy, you know, a child of 22 years, <coughs> he thought was dead. Uh, there's a simcha when, when Serch uh, Basosha, she's the one who told Yaakov that uh, Yosef was still alive. That itself was an unbelievable simcha. He didn't see, he didn't see him. Uh, but just by hearing <coughs> him, and then she of course proved it to him by telling Yaakov the last thing, the last piece of terror that they shared, which the Agolas, Egla Ruf and so on, right? <coughs> So, um, so you can imagine the simcha that he had, right? And he, he said, you should live forever. And guess what? 
she's one of the few people that live forever, in the sense that she never died. She, like Elio Novi, she went up, like Hanoich, Elio Novi, and so on, she went up to Shemayim, whatever that means, with her body. You know? And uh, that, that's everlasting life. She didn't have to go through the phenomenon called Misa, death. And that was where Yaakov didn't even see Yosef, right? He all of a sudden is in Egypt and he sees his kid. Kid, I mean, Yosef was already an older person, you know, he's 30 years old. Well, he wasn't 31, too much. He was um, up, 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 37 and then 2. He was 39 years old, you know. So you can imagine the Simcha seeing Yosef. And he invested that, he placed that, rather than in himself, but in, in the Rebunish in himself. This is what the Pali Musa say. Okay. However, you really can see a different shot of Kontash <coughs> What did Yaakov do? When he saw Yosef living, and that was proof that he was living, he saw him, right? He had a tremendous hasaga. Something hit him as they say, with the power of a locomotive. What was that? He said to himself, it's incredible. Here, he thought, one, that Yosef was dead, finished. And he thought Yehuda was gone, because Yehuda, the whole nice of Yehuda and Toma, that the whole incident of Yehuda is over. You know what I'm saying? And, and not only that, well, I'm yeah, saying he's, he's out of the picture. Who? I mean, there's no hope for Mashiach. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Yosef is dead, that's the end of the 12 tribes. There's no 12 tribe, and so on, right? And Yehuda also had a tremendous amount of power. Ruben. With, uh, and so on, exactly. And then Ruben. So, but especially Yehuda and Yosef, who are the Mashiachim, who are the sources of the Nisham of the Mashiachim. <coughs> As you could imagine, all of a sudden he realized something that was shocking. He realized that all of this is nothing more than the concealed direction of God Himself. All of this. That the Bosham did it to Yosef. Why did he do it to Yosef? Because if you remember the cliche on, on Esau and Yaakov and so on, he concealed Yosef, right? So that Yosef would be able to go to Egypt and diminish the Sultan's power. Because I spoke about that. Really, Yaakov should have gone to Egypt, which is what the Medrash says, which is astounding Medrash. <coughs> he said Yosef went in his stead to subdue the Sultan in that sense, and therefore to begin the Messianic process. Right? But Yaakov didn't know. Instead, 22 years passed where he didn't know. Why? Because Yaakov also needed a kapora for keeping over aim. And what the Bosham did is he doubled up. He allowed, he made sure that Yosef would go to Egypt and, and do what he had to do, right, and so on. At the same time, Yaakov would have a kapora. But in order to do that, Yaakov couldn't know where Yosef was. Uh, so he's looking at Yosef and he realizes this is absolutely incredible that he thought everything was finished. It's over with, you know, that's the end of it. And all of a sudden he sees that not only is Yosef alive, but Yosef did the job. Why? Because the mere fact that he's the Grand Vizier of Egypt means that he succeeded in overthrowing the Sultan's Bechor and he now took over the position, Shein Lamelech. And therefore, that's an indication of how great what the job he did. So not only is Yosef alive, Yosef did the job, you know, which is so critical to bring Mashiach, you know. And Yosef is the Grand Vizier. So he realized that what he thought, everything was kaput, as they say. Everything was going downhill, was over with. Not only did it not go downhill, not only did nothing <coughs> happen, everything was achieved unbeknownst to Yaakov. How did that fix the fact, the fact that the rest of the Shvatim... Wait, so therefore Yaakov realized that the devotion is an absolute control of everything that happens. What is that called? Yichud Hanhogosoi. That's Shema Yisrael. What's the Echod? That God is one. That God is the only director of everything. That's why he said Shema Yisrael. Sashkofa. In words, the Shema Yisrael, with all that incredible passion and emotion, was said in direct result to the Asoga 
of who the Rosham is and to what extent he controls the Bria. So we ask Gopher, besides the Musa and so on. So that's called Yichud Hanagosoy. And we don't realize that. We, don't really, we think that we're in charge of our fate, that everything we do is really us. But we don't realize it's all the Rebbe totally. Now you may ask me, wait a minute, what about Bechira? Don't we have Bechira, right? So why do I say that we are in charge? I've got an answer for that. You have, could it possibly be that, you, that the outcome of the process will always be what Hashem wants it to be? But your role in it could change depending on what you choose to do. Meaning if you choose to do the right thing, then it'll be orchestrated in a way that you'll get credit for what you need to get credit for. But if, if you choose to go against the will of Hashem, it'll get done anyway. Yeah, but what does that have to do when you still have Bechira? It doesn't have to do with the result. It has to do with your your either culpability or your um, being credited. No, we're talking about you doing the act. I'm saying that the Russian controls everything. Forget <coughs> about it, you get reward or not. And we only understand that everybody has Bechira. So there seems to be a contradiction here. No yeah. contradiction. No. There's no contradiction. I hope not. You have a program. Hashem is running, has a special program he's running. Yeah. Like a computer program. Yes. But we don't know what the program <coughs> is. If we knew what the program is, we wouldn't have Bechira. But since we don't know what it is, then we have Bechira. But still, that's a contradiction to it's the ones If I can do anything I want, what program are we talking about? But I don't know what the program is. So what? The shot is, if I knew there's a program running me, and what I'm going to do, exactly what I'm going to do, then I wouldn't be here. But since do I have you, compared to I don't know. Do you control your actions or not? Absolutely not. You don't? Do not. It's in both of free will. Yes, but not actions. Thoughts? Thoughts, yes. Yeah, you don't think the motion places thoughts in your mind? Yeah, he does, but but it's brought down. Uh, it's brought down. Chavis Lavava says that we have control of our thoughts, not of our actions. He talks about that. Let me make it, okay. Not exactly, but you're getting close. It's not exact. <laughs> we don't realize something every year. The one who says that in a certain way is Spasemus. You know? We don't realize something. There is nothing in the universe that we do except one thing. When we have Bechira, it is limited to only one single thing. What? Good and bad. No. That's so good. That's so good. No. No. Perception. Who? No. No. What do I do? Right or wrong? No. The Gemara says that. I'm not arguing with Gemara. I'm doing it. We have a choice between righteous or oppression. Again. Again. The Russian does everything. Everything except one thing, and only in that one area does Bechira operate. What is that? Here's I will tell you. What? Here's no, yeah, that's... Good job. But yeah... Uh, <laughs> no, we, we give up. You give up. Okay. Let's analyze the transmission process, the chain. Okay. A person all of a sudden has an idea. What of that idea? It could be the result of something he sees, right? All of a sudden it pops up in his mind, right? And that idea is something which is worthy of pursuit. Yes? Want to do it? Yes? Okay? All of a sudden, what does he have to do? Remember, he has an idea, which means a direction. And it's worthy of pursuit. What must this person do? Make a decision. The only thing, is it on? Mm -hmm. The only thing, listen carefully, the only thing that you can do where the revolution does nothing to influence is the decision itself. Period. Now, let's assume a person makes a decision. Yes? And then what happens? Now, what does he do? He activates the will. Now, nobody knows where in the world the will is, right? Nobody knows where that is in the mind, in the brain. But for some reason, again, there's the, uh, the, uh, the idea, he deems it worthy of pursuit, and then, I want to do it. And that decision, 
is free. Right after that, what happens next? The decision activates the will. The will fires up the, the brain that fires the neurons that moves the muscles and you go do the act. The only place that you have input in that whole process is the decision. Whether that decision will come to fruition is only up to God. That's how limited we are. We think, well, I can do whatever I want. No. The only thing you can do, which means the only thing you're not compelled to do at all, is the decision itself. After that, it's out of your hands. The person will decide what he wants. Does he allow you to go through with your actions once a decision is made? We'll stop you. One second. That's the concept. We don't realize how limited we are in terms of Bechira. That's it. Therefore, clearly, the Bershom does everything. Everything. You know, if I lift my hand, right? I obviously made a decision to do that, yes? Who did that? Did I do that? No. The Bershom does it, except this, for every nanosecond to nanosecond, my decision is to lift. So my input to this whole process is the decision to lift. But after that, the will and fire up, that's all the emotional. Uh, even though it doesn't look like that, you see. Uh, so therefore, uh, we think, so that's Yichud um, Hanagosoy, that's what Yichud Hanagosoy is. That the only thing we could do is the decision itself. After that, it's up to him. Therefore, he is the absolute dictator, director of everything we do. That's how powerless we really are. I think if people realize how powerless we are, I think everybody would have a heart attack. Because we all want to think that we're somebody, and that we can do anything we want, and that it is our brilliance that does anything. But we are so incredibly limited by our input, but what we really do, it's amazing. So therefore, the physical universe conceals Yichud Hanagosoy. And I just answered why that's not a contradiction to free will, or Bechira. The second Yichud is We think that we are a power, that we influence, you know, acts. We, we have a, we have a, we can, we can exhibit a force. More powerful, you know, some more, some less, right? But the truth is, Ein Koyach Ache, like the Ramchal says, there is no other force. It's astounding. There is no other force in the universe other than God. The problem with that is that the Hashem gave the power of, of bracha to Avraham yeah. Once He gave the power of bracha, that means that He had the power to control things, change things around. That we meant, also have, because we're very powerful. No, no, no. What that meant is that Avram, that Avram will accede to Avram's desire. That's all it means. It means he's got some sort of power. God gives it. No, no. What that means is that, you know, you whatever you want, I will do for you. That's all it meant. But I will do it for you, not you. You tell me what you want, and I will do it. Carry I agree, it out. But that means he's got some sort of power. Mr. Shem is excess. Uh, no, he has no power. The Bishop does everything. I know, but that's I not called. You don't call it power? No. No, not really. It's it's, a, it's not power of a God. God voluntarily submits. God, but he does have power. But not in the classic sense of to power. To make change. I'm talking about force, physical force. Okay. We can do nothing. In any case. So therefore, um, that's Yichad. God say Yichad Shlitosoy is the ultimate power, which is interesting. You know, that is why, you know, if a person gets sick, Right? And all of a sudden he finds out he has a tumor. God forbid. God forbid. Who is that tumor? Is that a real thing? Of course it is. To us it looks real. It's a bunch of cell cells that went wild. Right? And so on. But the tumor really is God. There is no tumor. Except it's the version guised or masquerading as a tumor. Because there is nothing else. But even if there was, there is nothing else that has any power. It's a shliach? It's more than a shliach. It's him. 
much more than a shliach, except that he conceals himself in the form of something that looks like a tumor, or a disease, or a bacteria, or a virus, or anything, you see. And, and, and therefore... So all the forces in the earth... Are all him. What about Satan? Who? What about Satan? It's all him. There is no Satan. Satan has no power. The Satan doesn't exist, really. And that's the third concept of Yechem Nothing exists except God, which I had talked about a long time ago. What is Enel Mavate? Enel Mavate Mamash. Nothing exists but God, so therefore how could anything have any power? You see. I once mentioned that Rebchaim Velozhin says that's a tremendous sikula. That if a person recognizes that there is nothing out there, it's all the Rebbein that the only thing anything anybody can do is the concept or the idea, the decision, after that, it's all Russian. He says that's a tremendous segula to be protected. He calls it bal. Yeah, well, no, the 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 briskerov. Yeah, and he the briskerov used that uh, when he he was confronted by a Nazi. So I ran away, and the Nazi stopped him. And all of a sudden, he stopped. He looked at the guy, and he said, There is no Nazi, really. It's an illusion. It looks like a Nazi, you know, but." The really, it's really that the power of this being is all God, and all of a sudden the guy just looked away, and the Rishkarov left. It was a start, was a mess, but it's, he used the the koyach of his um, his great uh, you know, great great grandfather, whatever it was, and so on. Uh, so that's yichud shlitosay, and then he has There are three yichudim, really, that God exhibits. Okay? He directs everything, he is the force of everything, and he is the only thing that is my There's a different levels. What? There's a different levels. Yeah, yeah. And when Yaakov Vinu saw Yosef, it hit him. Yichud Hanagosa, he realized it's, you know, like this, you could say, well, maybe I have input into where I'm going and what's happening, and so on and so forth. No, you don't have any input. It looks like you do. And what enables this to occur? A physical universe. A physical universe can conceal everything. It conceals his yichud, his mitzvahs, clearly, because we see a lot of beings, right? You're all sitting across the table and listening to the shir, maybe. In any case, right? The whole universe. So, well, the concept, the physical universe allows many entities to exist as if they really exist. So that's the first illusion. The second illusion is that, you know, Everybody's a force, right? You do what you want, you do what you want. So that's an illusion that we are really all forces. The third illusion in the physical universe is you can do whatever you want. And whatever happens is a result of your behavior. Sorry, in, this, in, the, in the first two um, points that you made are really true in the spiritual universe as well. There's the, 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 um, the spiritual universe is also with from the... Kohosayonos all the way down. Yeah. Which I think talks, so that's also sort of, it seems like, even though they're closer and they have realization of Yichem Mitsyaso, but there's still a Hishtalshalos. Yes, there are levels, and, even according to them. And, yeah. and, and, and also, there's, it looks at, well, there are Kohos, so there, yeah, but, there are But at forces. least there are levels of Giloy. We are completely behesta. Mm-hmm. We need to believe this. We never see it or experience it. In the Ruchnistic universe, right? They experience it, but the experience itself is at different levels. But at least they're in the ballpark, as they say. Yeah, yeah. We are so far, we're, we're not even there, you see. So by us, it's Emuna, by them, it's Re'io, you know, and, and so on. Yeah, you yeah. said the physical universe conceals. I'm thinking, is it possible that, uh, depending on the answer, that it reveals? For example, Yaakov uh, uh, was able to recognize Yosef. If there wasn't any physicality, how would they recognize proximity being in front of each other? What entity would he re- How would he recognize this? No, no, no. You see that? That no, no. Yeah. We exist, as far as we're concerned, in a real universe. As far as we're concerned, there are real forces. There are many beings, and we direct our own behavior. That's the illusion of the physical universe. So when he's looking at Yosef, he sees Yosef. You know, I'm saying the few her MS, according to the real truth which we do not perceive the truth. You know, it's like we walk around in a fog, you know. Uh, so this is what we see. 
but but you know it's like it's like you look at it's it's a universe of shadows. One shadow looks at another shadow and it says, "Wow, well, you know, it's a lot of shadows out there." You know, but in the end, they're all shadows. You know what I'm saying? There is nothing really out there. It's all you know, like I say, shadows, and so on. Therefore, the physical universe is allowed the complete concealment of, of, uh, of, of these ideas. That's the problem with the physical universe. And therefore, the Shema clearly tries to avoid that the physical universe because it's a real barrier, <coughs> you see. But There's one more illusion that we have. That's probably the greatest illusion of all. And we have it because, again, there's no input. What is that illusion? Funny kind of illusion, but it's the worst of them all. That we're God? Well, that's certainly an illusion, yes. But it's <laughs> yeah, but the, it, the, that that where God is a different manifestation. You know, it's. A, well, there's that weird control of everything. No, no, no. Is that we are suffering under an illusion, which is the greatest of all illusions, besides the three that I mentioned. You know, that song. What that illusion is? We live forever. <laughs> no. You just go to a cemetery and wake up. <laughs> no. You know what the illusion is? The illusion of self. We all feel self. Right? You know what I'm saying? I have a sense of self. So how can you tell me I don't exist? You know? I have a sense of self. Really, the self does not exist. Really, under the plane of the Bersham, we don't exist. Okay. Yet the Bersham has fed us a sense of self, you see. And therefore, that sense of self means that I am independent or differentiated from the Bersham. If I have a sense of self, and I don't feel I'm God, like I'm God, you know, a lot of people do, but even they know that they're not God when they want to look at the truth. But it's the sense of self that we feel that we exist different than God. Forget about independent, but look, I'm me, and he's he. Fine, so I'm dependent on him. Great. But there's still me that's different than him. That illusion of self is what, this, in, in many ways, it is the greatest illusion of all. If that illusion is not going to be lifted. Not really, although it can be tremendously uh, reduced. That's what I meant by that word God, by the way. That, that, that I know. It was, it was, you understood that? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I understood that. But it, it, in a different way, you know, exactly. You know. <coughs> but the illusion of self is the greatest of illusions. So we have four illusions that we're dealing with here. The illusion of self, the illusion that we direct our own fate, the illusion that we are an independent force, and the illusion that we exist independent of God. You know, we don't see that he's the only thing. So, you know? so it is those illusions that the physical universe allows us to have. And ultimately speaking, we want to break away from those illusions. Ultimately. And in Ulam Habo, Ulam Habo is a place that we don't... Ulam Habo, I want to tell you something. The Ruchnis, the distance between us, tell you something interesting. The distance between us and the spiritual universe is incredibly vast. Those type of beings, Malochim, Chayas, all the denizens of the upper world, you know, you know we, we are billions of billions of miles, so to speak, away from the, who they are. They still have okay? self. What? They still have self. Yes. Yeah, but it's a different. But I want to tell you something. The difference between them and Ulam Habo is even vaster. It's not like they're next to Ulam Habo. You know, like, like they'll know what Ulam Habo is. Ulam Habo is a place that even they cannot be massive. You see. So really there are three aspects of the Bria. There's Ulam Hazir, physical universe. And even Ulam Hazeh has different levels of, of uh, Ruchni. There's called the seven heavens and so on. But anyway, so you have Ulam Hazeh, then you have all the other upper worlds of Ruchnias. But 
they have not a sog of Olim Habo. Olim Habo is something that the distance between us and them, the distance between them and Olim Habo is even greater. Because Olim Habo, we have no concept of what the experience is. But the experience in Olim Habo is where the self feels God as self in him and still has self. They, of course, they malachim have self, but they live in a world that is so close to the truth. They know the truth. We are completely blinded. They see the MS. But to what extent do they feel the MS? <coughs> is a feeling of something massive. You know, is where you come in contact with the God Himself which is being in existence, the greatest possible way, and still we live to tell about it, as they say, to live to talk about it, you know. So therefore, the physical universe is the worst place to be. In, 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 in terms of accessing the MS, the physical universe is a disaster, right? And I'll give you one more. I don't know, did I tell you what lechem is? In the sweat of your brow you will eat bread? Yes? No? No. Oh. Who? Who? It's referring to Torah. Who? It's referring to Torah. This no. Torah is called bread. Well, that's it. It's difficult for him to learn Torah. That's a Russia. The meaning of it, what? He comes, the Russian comes over to Adam and says, in the sweat of your brow, you're going to eat. Right? Bread. What's he telling them? Is this an Oynish? Is this a punishment to Adam or Rishan because he sinned by eating from the tree? What do you think? Tikkun. Even a punishment is a tikkun, so that doesn't answer the question. Doesn't, well, no? Tikkun doesn't have to be a punishment. Sounds like a punishment. But again, but I, I ask the question this. Is this a punishment or not? Sounds and if it is, of course it would be a tikkun. What? Sounds like a punishment. Sure sounds to me like a punishment. Yes? Yeah. But I want to taste something. Not really. What, you said yes? Yes. Okay. No, not at all. The Ramchal says an incredible concept. Until now, Ramchal says because Adam sinned, it's not that he was punishment, although in the end it wound up to be a punishment, you know. But what was the nature of that punishment? This was the problem, the nature. Until the Chet, Adam Harishim, could not believe that he created everything. Adam was, Adam was created on the sixth day, so he realized, hey, I didn't make this stuff. I mean, he comes into a world that the Bershom created, and he's created on the sixth day, yes? And he realized that I didn't make this. He couldn't fool himself and say, well, I made this. He could not have an illusion, you see, that he actually is the creator of these worlds. So the Bershom said, you feel that you exist independent because that's what it is. You want to be God. You, you feel that you're a real self and so on and that you're a real force and so on. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make it harder for you to break through the illusion of what the truth is. So until now, you know, I gave you a little area where you can make a mistake. That you can actually think that there's some other force in the universe. The tree, you know. However, you believed it. So you know what I'm going to do now? Since you believed that there's another force besides me, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make you a force. And you need to break through the illusion that you're not a force at all. Meter connected meter. In other words, until now, Adam didn't have to do anything. Everything was mukham, was prepared for him. Everything. He didn't have to do anything. So if that's the case, he couldn't fool himself that he made the gun, the garden. He knew that he didn't. He knew he didn't do anything. What the Bonshim says, from now on, you need to work for a living. And therefore, the ground will only respond to your input, your actions, or your force. And then it will give its fruit, its produce. But if that's the case, you now suffer from an illusion. Because you think that you're the one who got the ground to give you the produce. 
You see, so all of a sudden you have what's called the illusion of panosa. You now think that you're the one who gets things done because you did it. In other words, the ground will only give its produce to you when you farm, giving you the illusion that if I farm, I get it. And if I don't farm, I don't get it. So it obviously means that I'm the one who farms. It's my input that allows the produce to grow. Yeah, of course, the ground does it. But it's because I work the ground and all that, right? Therefore, a person believes I am an independent force from God. But the problem is that's an illusion. But it's hard to break through because you're actually going through the motions of acting as a real force. Much harder. You see? So what did Mosham do? Was this an Einish? Sort of. Because it put Odomisha in a much worse position. You know, where now the test to see the Emmas is much more difficult. Because he does, it looks like, he does actually make a Parnosa. You see? And once you make a panosa, and the thing is like this, if you go to work, you make a panosa. You don't go to work, you don't make a panosa. So what's the conclusion here? If I go to work, I make the panosa. It comes because of my input, my work, you see. But that's not true, that's false. So what the Bosham did is by making things seem that it's credited to the person, the person now thinks that he is the cause of what happens. So he's got to break through what's called the illusion of causality. That's the problem. By making a person seem as if he's the cause of bread, produce, panosso, he now thinks he's a cause. But the truth is he's not a cause and now has to break through that illusion that he's not even a cause. Whereas before, wait, whereas before, he could never think he was a cause because everything was done for him before. You should know. Yeah, it's a profound really. understanding of what Of course it was an Oynesh. Because you're now giving me a harder test. And the test is to break through the illusion. And now it's much more difficult to do. So in a certain sense, that's, that's the punishment. In that sense. But not really. What he did is he changed the entire environment of how man is tested. Make it much worse. You see. And, and that was me the connected me though. Because you believed there was, a, there was an independent force. What was that? The tree. Remember the tree? He said that the tree created, God ate from the tree and got his own powers. So to me the connected me though. You want to believe that there is an independent force? Guess what? You will join the independent. Just like that was an illusion, you will have to suffer from the same belief that you just had. What a me the connected me though. But it made it much worse for him, you know, and so on. It's a profound understanding of what Adam's, or the, what, what happened to Adam Rishon as a result of his head, which ultimately was Midah Kenegid Midah. The Ramchal says this, murdering, it's a tremendous, profound understanding of what is going on. You know, it looks like, you know, God said to him, you got you to schwitz. You know, till now you had it easy, you know, yeah, what do you call it, uh, you, you, you are, no, what do you call it, uh, you are on easy street, you know, all of a sudden, they send you a check every week for a million bucks, and you, know, you don't have to do anything, right, you know, and now all of a sudden God says, hey, you got to switch for a living, you know, it's terrible, you know, but that's not what happened. Working and looking at your cause is now the environment you're in. That is much better, more difficult to break through. If Adam Arishan attributed some power to the tree, to yeah. knowledge, yeah. but Abu Levine was credited with realizing all this had to be from Hashem. So who who is greater? Abu Levine is, we think of him, his greatness of obviously someone had to make this. It's not, you know, in and of itself a power. Alabira. So who would, who would yeah. they pass that test better, you think? You know, it's it. You know, you know, there's a medrash that says, because it says, "V'yosef hurad mitzroima," and Yosef was brought down to Egypt. That's what it says when after Yosef was kidnapped. It says, "V'yosef hurad mitzroima," and was brought down to Egypt. And hurad means against his will. 
you know, so there's a Medrash Tanchuma on that, that says, that, very interesting, it says that really the Roshan, um, it's not called a deception, <coughs> it's a sort of huge. If the Boshim had made Avram Avinu or the Marishim, we wouldn't be here. He would have passed. So the Boshim purposely made not Avram Avinu as Adam, but Adam as Adam, knowing that he would fail, you see. Because the Boshim wants, obviously, the Tikkun of the Bria not to be over in four hours, but in 6,000 years. And the Medrash says that. He made an Alila, a sort of huge, you know, to, to you know, and the same thing, Yosef was brought to Egypt against his will because that was what he had to do, you know, and so on. And uh, so therefore, Adam mission was Adam and not Avram in order for him, not that God wanted him to fail, don't get me wrong, but he put the wrong Neshama in the wrong place, so to speak. And therefore, uh, because the Russian really wants the Tikkun of the Bria not to occur in you know, one man, Except that every person has to be involved in, in bringing the tikkun of the bria. Why did he set it up like that in the first place? What? Why did he set it up that situation with one man in the first place? Uh, well, that one man was everybody. Because so, you know? the that that's a different question in terms of the Russian really only wanted a human being to go through the test. And all of us were part of the neshama of Avraham Avinu. So the truth is, when he passed, we'd have been fine. All of us would have Oilam Habba based on, because we're all a chalik of Oilam Habba. have to really understand what that means, but you know, and so on, you know. But obviously, the Russian didn't want that. He wanted a multiplicity of many people doing the tikkun, not just one man with everybody's neshama in it, and so on, you know. Maybe Broivam, whatever. It's not clear. You have to really think about what that means and so on. But anyway. So, where is Ishtablis coming from right now? Ishtablis. Well, Hishtadlis is really the decision. But remember, it's not I make a decision. Every microsecond or nanosecond, there's a decision made. It's almost like, it's almost like you make a decision and I will allow you to move, move, move. But behind every every movement, even an instant, you know, <coughs> is your decision. So that's your Hishtadlis. There's, there's a continuity, a continuation of decisions, and the Bosham allows you continuously to, to move, to, uh, to allow you to, to you know, actualize your decision. How does that... Um... So it's really, even though the Bosham is doing it, but it's really allowing you, although the impetus of that is your decision. Without your decision, there's no movement, so the Bosham is not going to force your movement. You see? But how does that... What I just said about... What is this? If it's making it harder for you to break through this illusion. Yeah. So, how is Ishtabas? Sounds like it's like it's a head on collision with that. No, you still have the same Ishtabas, just a harder test, that's all. You have the same effort. I mean, you still have to uh, do the effort. It's just a more difficult insight to achieve. It is much more that. The whole world is fooled by that. Guys walking on Wall Street? Uh, <laughs> you know, give us these guys. They, they all think they they all think it's them, you know. Of course, you know, one day they're rich, the next day they're broke. You know, then they begin to realize that there's something else going on here, you know. Well, there is to be said. It's an enormous amount of um, it's almost like everybody's walking around with a delusion of adequacy. There is to be said that when you're in sales, especially religious Orthodox Jew in sales, yeah. you know very quickly there's a Rabona Shabbat. Because you say, why did I get the sale? Why didn't I get the sale? It doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Why did I get serious. the sale? Sometimes yeah. you wonder, why did you get the sale? You shouldn't have gotten the sale, but you got it. And other times you say, well, I should have had the sale. It's right here, but I didn't get it. You see, yeah, there's a Rabona Shabbat all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, someone was told me, you know, like he can knock his, he can knock his head against the wall for a week. And all of a sudden, someone like calls him up and gives him the money he could have made in a week. And he never even asked the guy, where'd this come from? You know? Because it, do, it just looks like it has to do with our actions. You know? But really, it doesn't do it. really has nothing to do except the Bosham. It's almost you need a cloaking device. You know, you, you, it, it, not, you can't just sit here, although maybe some people can, and the Bosham is going to feed him. No. Yeah, the Ishtabas is a cloaking device. 
you know, everybody just sat down and everything would come to them, and you know, there wouldn't be no Bechira left. It's yeah, obvious. What was that? It, it is said that the of the Shtablis for Panosa is to mac on the table every morning. That's the Shtablis of Panosa. In other words, it, I don't say, but the Shtablis has to be in some way connected to the Panosa. So he, he was so, so this correlates with what, what he said. He was so up there that to his and his dragon. No, that doesn't answer the question. The Shtablis is mac. That was that was enough. No, I know what that. No, no, no. It makes no sense. It has to have a connect. Shtadlis means effort, right? Right? So did, that was his effort. effort. What was that? What, what effort? That's not an effort. That's to do what? He had kavana. His effort was his kavana. His decision. kavana when he knocked on the table. That's what his effort was. His decision. You know, no, there has to be something more than that. Why? Because a doesn't mean, you know, uh, if I go, <laughs> is that a shtadlis to make a panosa? Come on. Well, what does that have to do with this? There has to be a shtadlis that is logically connected Wait, to what you want to do. It makes no sense. Chomus had a store. What? Chomus had a store. Yeah. Oh, you know what it is? You know, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call the phone company, right? I'm going to get a phone line that if anybody ever wants to call me for a business deal, I got a phone. That's his status. because, But it has to be connected. It has to be justified in some way. It has nothing to do with Parnosa. You know, why did the Chabad just move his foot and just go back to bed? What do I have to do this for? Maybe it was both. No. You understand my problem with your... They're not saying on me. You know what they say. You know what they say. You know. If you don't believe the stories of the Baal Shem, you're not because... If you believe them all, you're a fool. Anyway, you know. And I look at why, but I, look, look, I don't mind the story, but it has to make logical sense why this particular action of him means something in the direction of Panosa. But just to say, you know, and if I go like that, is that a status? Well, maybe he's basing on that you have to work on this by the sweat of your brow. So that was his effort. With sweat of his brow. There is a connection. He, kno he knocks on the table. Yeah. This, a servant hears it and brings the breakfast. There is a connection. Oh, that's mm -hmm. it. Uh, anyway, we, are, we understand now the problem of the physical universe. There's so many illusions going on, and the physical universe allows that, you see. And that's why there is a physical universe. So remember, just to summarize, the greatest of all illusions is the illusion of self. I exist independent of God. One, okay? In fact, when Moshe Rabbeinu said to the Boshlam, Hareini no es kvoidecho, you know, the first thing he said, Hareini no es drochecho, show me your ways. Which is an, it's a, Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, if the Boshlam says to you, you can ask, you can ask two things of me. Those are the two things exactly that I want to ask. Why? Because everything that happens is durachecha. So by knowing the reason for durachecha, guess what? I know why everything happened. You know, it's like the question that will resolve all questions. Okay, so I'm finished with that, right? Durachecha. I now know why you do anything. Wow, unbelievable, right? But the second thing is okay. But the greatest question is, who are you? Who are you? What are you? You know, and so I mean, tell me something about your nature. Something, you know? But when you think about it, the real question that Moshe Rabbeinu said is, I don't understand something. I know it's Eino Yimavadoi. It's nobody but you. Yet I'm here asking you, what in the world, who are you? So there's a contradiction. How can I be asking you that question when you're the only thing that exists. There's no anybody to ask. How do you pull that off? How do I have a sense of self when I don't really exist? You see? So, like, how do we align the two? So Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to ask the two greatest questions of all. Why do you do what you do? Which explains everything that was ever done. And who are you? Right? The doer himself. 
you know, and then the Russian said, you know, I'll tell you, but, you know, so and so forth, you know, whatever. But obviously he was given a soccer greater than anything that ever was. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand the concept of I don't exist. I mean, I, as self, I know from power of Hashem, everything's from Hashem, but, Did anybody but I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm here, I, I pray to Hashem, Hashem answers my prayer, does answer my prayers, I mean, I, I exist in a totality of, of being. Did anybody ever call you a nobody? Yeah. Well, that's it. You're nobody. I'm a somebody. Hashem gave me that. The, the I want to answer that because, because I'm a yid. No, no, no. I forget about that. You know, <laughs> right. No, no. no I, I once explained that, what that means. I once explained that it, it, it's a muscle I use all the time. Imagine somebody sleeping on a sofa and he has a dream. And in that dream, there are two guys talking to each other. It's a dream. And they're drinking coffee. Having a, you know, nice horse. <coughs> and one guy says to the other guy, you know, we don't exist. So the other guy says to him, what are you talking about we don't exist? You're talking to me and I'm talking to you. So the guy says, no, no, you understand something. No. We exist relative to ourselves. But you see that guy sleeping on the sofa? I mean, the, and the dream is in his mind. He is. We ain't. Not only he is and we ain't, even while he's sleeping, if he ever woke up, we instantly vanish. We, in many ways, we are a figment of God's imagination. Yet in the figment itself, we have existence. But it's not him. He really is. We are not at all. Yet the dream is, you know, where one person can have... It, it's, it's a marshal. It's a way to explain what it means, but, you know, but I once told, said, you know, I once said, you know, you can't get on the highway and sit down and say, what is the problem? Because since none of the cars really exist, I don't have to worry. You can't do that. Why not? Because the rule is that a non-existent train can kill a non-existent person. <laughs> what? You know, a non-existent train can actually kill a non-existent person. Hashem didn't other. create me as a, as, a, as a figment of his imagination. You I mean, are. He, you don't say he didn't create you. You are a figment of his imagination. I'm, sure, I'm I, not quite sure I understand that. Or well, nobody really. It's, it's just a muscle to show you that we, are, we do not. He really exists. We don't. But we do exist, obviously, in his mind, or, or whatever that, he has no mind, Russia has no mind, but <clears throat> there is some type of, it's like a shadow. A oh, guy's walking, you know, and there's a shadow on the floor, right? Who is that shadow? Does that shadow really exist? As a shadow. But don't compare the shadow to the guy. The guy is real. His shadow, right, is an emanation or some type of a, uh, of a uh, manifestation as a shadow, but the shadow is not the person, you see. That's what we are. So if you want to look at it in that way, I'm not sure that, that's fine. I, I can't, you know. Anyway, this is the concept of the physical universe, and the Neshama has a very difficult time with this particular Bria. Is the Neshama also an imagination? What? Is the Neshama also an imagination, according to you? Everything is. That, you know, it says, Enod Mavadoi. Uh, it doesn't say Enod Kamoyu. There's nobody like him. <coughs> it says, <coughs> It says, Mavadoi, besides him, there's nothing else. And that includes everything outside of himself. Nothing exists, period, like he does. Everything is a shadow relative to itself. That's all. He's the only one that is. Period. The neshama, uh, uh, the of yes, but so not the no, Hashem. no, no. The neshama is a chayyut The the is not God. The in who he is is not the shchina, but the shchina is a manifestation of him in a created universe. So what the Bosh did is created a type of representation of him in a creation. But it's not him. He's beyond the Bria. Mm -hmm. Very important distinction. 
you know, so but so we, we can we relate to the Shekhinah. Uh-huh. Now the Shekhinah, however, which is a manifestation of who he is in this creation, we are a chilek of the Shekhinah. But not him. You know, the real we call that smusoi is beyond anything. We have no concept of what he is and so on, you know. Now, this Thursday night is Ramchal's Yotzai. And uh, I, I, what I'm going to do, because I don't know how many much room I have here, uh, I'm going to make it in my house Thursday night. I'm calling it for 8.30. There will be food. Um, Avi is sponsoring it. The Eloi Nishmas. My grandfather. His grandfather. Um, and it's going to be my house. I live at 11 Tamarind Road, which is in Tamarind Park. Thursday That's a small development, it and it's right off Joe Parker Road. You know what Joe what Parker time? Road? No. I'm yeah, no Joe Parker Road. Road. Where is it? I will, right around the corner. Right around, right, right around right Joe here? Parker Road. Yeah, five minutes from here. Oh, okay. Yeah. So take Ridge Road, make a, a left, 